0: He knows. What does he know? مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ Whatever that is before them and whatever that is after them. يَعْلَمُ Ilm And Ilm is knowledge. It is to perceive something correctly. It is to perceive something definitely and correctly. Exactly as it is. So يَعْلَمُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ عِلْم is to perceive something correctly as it is and also definitely, meaning free of doubt and free of ignorance. That is what عِلْم is. So Allah knows about everything. And His knowledge is such that it's free of doubt and it's free of any ignorance. Meaning every detail, the most minute detail, He knows about it. يعلموا. And what is it that he knows? Ma bayna أَيْدِيهِمْ bayna أَيْدِيهِمْ is that which is in front of someone's hands, between someone's hands. And by extension, this expression in the Arabic language means in front of or before. What is in front of you, before you, could be in front of you in place and also in time. It could be before you in place and also in time. So for example, I am here. What is before me? You guys. I am here at 12 o'clock. What is going to happen at 1 o'clock? What is going to happen at 2 o'clock? In time, in the future. So Allah knows exactly what is before me in place and what is ahead of me in time. What is ahead of me in time. And not just the future, but also وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ And what is behind them. خَلْف is behind, in the rear of. From the root letters fa. And this is also in two ways. In place and also in time. So I'm standing here, I'm facing you, I don't know who's behind me, I don't know who's on the other side of the wall, I have no idea, I can't see. Who can see? Who knows? Who hears? Who watches? Allah. You're sitting in front of me, I don't know what is immediately in front of you. Is it your cell phone or is it your pen? Or is it your iPad or something else? I don't know. You're sitting in the class right now, you don't know who's behind you, thinking what about you. You don't know. Who knows? Allah knows. ma bayna بَيْنَ wa ma khalfahum. What happened yesterday? Can you tell me the exact account of what happened throughout your day? From morning until night? You can't. You might have forgotten some details. We forget what happened a week ago, a day ago, a year ago. People whom we have grown up with, but we didn't see them for years, and now we cannot even recall their names. We have no idea about who they are, what their names are. We look at them and we say, your face is familiar, but I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. Can you tell me about yourself? Who are you? I think I know you. So who knows about everything? يَعْلَمُ مَا بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمَا خَلْفَهُمْ He knows the future and the past. And He knows about anything that's present, that's taking place at any location. Whether it's in the depths of the sea, or it is on the surface of the earth, or it is up in the skies, deep in a mountain. No matter where, no matter what, no matter how big, no matter how small, who knows? Allah knows. Every detail every minute thing, every small and big thing, every leaf that falls. Do you know now it's fall, it's autumn, and you see leaves falling? Remember that verse which tells us that not a leaf falls except that he knows about it, except that it's in a clear record. You have no idea about where these leaves will go, where they'll be blown by the wind you know, into somebody's backyard or the end of the street or some other block or what. You have no idea where it's gonna go, but who knows? Allah knows the origin and the final destination of everything. What course of action it takes, what passage it takes, everything Allah knows. This is His knowledge. This is His ilm. That is kamil, that is shamil, that is complete and that is inclusive of everything. It includes everything. Nothing is excluded from the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that means even you and I are not excluded. All of our details, He knows. You know, from some people we can hide. What can we hide? Our true identity. We can hide from them our feelings. We can hide from them our past actions. We can hide from them our actual reputation. We can hide. But can we hide anything from Allah? Nothing at all. We can try to take precaution against what danger might befall us, what harm may befall us in the future. But who knows about whether or not it will happen? Only Allah. So when He knows, only He can protect. This is the lesson. When He knows, only He can protect. When He knows, He will hold accountable. When He knows, He will question. When He knows, only He can benefit and He can harm. The ultimate authority with regards to everything and anyone is with who? Allah Azza wa Jalla. يعلم ما بين ايديهم وما خلفهم. And Allah says, ولا يحيطون. And they cannot encompass حاوطا. To encompass, to surround something. The people, the creation. They cannot encompass Min Mihi from his knowledge, illa bima sha' except that which he wills. Meaning only what Allah wants people to know, only that they can come to know. If Allah wants that people should not find out about something, they can never ever find out no matter how much they try. Walaya. بِشَيْءٍ مِّنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شاء. And ilmihi, his knowledge, is understood as two things. First of all, knowledge of him. Meaning knowledge about Allah. People try to figure out, who is Allah? Where was he? How did he come into existence? Was there ever a time when Allah was not there? Sometimes these questions come to your mind. That okay, we are here now. There was a time when we were nothing and only Allah was there. But then, where did Allah come from? These questions come to your head, right? As children at least, or maybe other people will ask you, or perhaps people who don't believe in God, they ask you questions, and you have no answers for them. This is why when such questions come, what should we say? Aruḍ Because this is just shaitan. Because the fact is, that we cannot have knowledge about Allah, except that knowledge which Allah has given to us. So for example, we know that Allah has a hand. But can you start describing that hand? No. Because Allah has not told you about the attributes of His hand, about the details of His hands. He hasn't. All that He's told us is that He has hands. So, وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شَاءَ So what does it mean? That whatever Allah has told us about Him, we should accept it as it is. We should not try to delve too much into it because we're going to get nowhere. We're going to get nowhere. Whatever Allah wanted to tell us about Himself, He has told us. And we cannot find out about Him more than that. Illa So accept and believe in Him as He has told us off. You want to see Allah? Wait for the Day of Judgment. You want to hear Allah? Wait for the Day of Judgment. Prepare for that day. And if you strive, you prepare for that day, then inshallah a time will come when You will see Allah. You will hear Allah. And then you will be happy and you will be satisfied. In Jannah, people will be taken to see Allah. And every time they return after seeing Allah, they will look even more beautiful. They will look even more pretty, more handsome. But that's only in the hereafter. It cannot be in this world. So right now you have to believe in whatever He's telling you and strive towards Him. Secondly, ilmihi over here means His knowledge, meaning the knowledge that is in His possession. What is the knowledge that is in His possession? Of everything. So as human beings, what can we discover? What can we know? What can we understand? What is it? Only as much as Allah wants us to know. Only as much as Allah wants us to understand. Not more than that. So even if we spend years and years trying to figure out if there's life in outer space, how much can we know? Only as much as Allah wants us to know. Because people think that, oh, you know, now these scientists, these astronauts are more interested in in not just the moon, but the Mars. I mean, they've gone so far in their discoveries. Even in the earth, they've gone so far in their discoveries and perhaps we feel that now they're greater in their knowledge. But the fact is that what they know is only... A fraction, a fraction of what Allah knows. And what they have found out, they have only found out by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have discovered only with His permission, with His tawfiq, only because He allowed them to, only because He gave them the ability to. So nothing can be discovered except with Allah's permission. Musa salam, he was sent to Khadr to learn from him. And the story is mentioned in Surah Al-Kahf in great detail. And Musa a.s., he was very eager to learn. And so he said, that I'm never going to stop this journey, even if it takes me thousands of years, I'm not going to stop until I'm going to learn from Khadr what I'm supposed to learn. And he asked Khadr that, please, let me come with you so that I can learn from you. And Khadr said that you will not be able to have any sabr over this kind of knowledge. But Musa a.s. was determined. So Khadr eventually allowed him. But what was the condition? No questions. So anyway, when they were on the ship, a bird came and sat at the edge of the boat. And it dipped its beak into the water and drank a little bit. And Khadur said to Musa as-Salam that our knowledge, my knowledge and your knowledge, all of it together, is like the drop of water in the mouth, in the beak of the bird. And the knowledge of Allah is like the ocean. What we know, what we have discovered, what we have come to realize, is only a little bit, only a fraction of what Allah knows. And if we do know about something, it's because Allah taught us. Not because we have achieved this knowledge because of our own greatness, our own skills. No. There are many people who try to study the same thing, who try to discover the same thing, but some people are successful and others are not. Because knowledge is a gift of Allah. That Allah does not give to everyone. That people are not able to attain themselves, but rather Allah gives to them. So, وَلَا يُحِيطُونَ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنْ عِلْمِهِ إِلَّا بِمَا شَاءُ وَسِعَ كُرْسِيُ وَسِعَ It is vast. It has encompassed. وَأُسِنْ عَيْن Wasa is when something is vast, it is spacious, and when it's spacious, then it can accommodate, it can contain many things within it. So, وَسِعَةَ His kursi, it can accommodate, or rather it accommodates, it contains. kursi yuhu. What does it accommodate? What does it contain? wal-arḍ, The heavens and the earth. So what is this kursi? by which this ayah is known, ayatul kursi. What is this kursi? Kursi is basically, what it means is, a footstool. Kursi is a footstool. It's not a chair, it's not a throne. Kursi means footstool. A stool, a piece of furniture, on which someone rests their feet. And its size is smaller than the chair on which an individual is resting. The stool is always smaller compared to the chair, the seat, the throne. Now, Ibn Abbas he said that kursi is the footstool of Allah. And no one is able to give due consideration to Allah's throne. If his kursi is such that it's so vast that the heavens and the earth are contained within it, meaning they are like a very small object compared to the kursi, then how grand and how great is the throne? If his kursi is such that it's bigger, greater, more vast in size compared to the heavens and the earth combined, then how great is the throne, the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is reported in al-Tabarani. So the kursi is the mother, the place of the qadamain of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the footstool of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala some have said that kursi refers to the arsh but the fact is that the arsh is different and the kursi is different in a hadith we learn that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said mas samawati as-sab' wal ardhun as-sab' bin nisbati lil kursi illa ka halqa fi ard fulat and in fadl al arsh ala al kursi ka al fulat ala tilka halqa that the seven heavens and the seven earths combined are not in comparison to the kursi except like a ring in a desert. Imagine a desert and imagine your ring. Imagine this big hall and imagine your ring. And a desert is bigger than this hall. How small is your ring and how big is the desert? The seven heavens and the earth combined is like the ring. And the kursi is like the desert. This is how vast his kursi is. And the superiority of the arsh over the kursi is like the superiority of the desert over the ring. Like the desert over the ring. Now imagine, what's our size then? How big are we or how small are we rather? What are we, compared to a mountain. And what is that mountain compared to the earth? And what is that earth compared to the sun? And what is that sun compared to the entire universe that we know? All of that combined together like a ring in a desert. And that desert, the kursi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are nothing. You know sometimes you're walking and you see an ant, you're like, yeah, whatever. Small ant, right? What difference does it make? Or you see a dust particle, you're like, whatever, it's so small, it's so tiny. We are even smaller compared to the kursi. We are nothing. We are insignificant. We are nothing at all. And this is the reason why pride does not befit us. It does not befit us. If you get bitten by an ant, what will you do? You'll kill that ant. Won't you? You'll kill it. You'll say, this ant dares to bite me. You don't think twice. And you'll just kill that ant and get rid of it. And you feel so satisfied. You know, it bit me and I finished it. And here we are, walking arrogantly on the earth, disobeying Allah, saying things that are so wrong, while we are nothing compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are so small and so insignificant compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are so small and yet we think we don't need to raise our hands before Him and beg Him for help, ask Him for help. We think, oh, it's okay, I'll do everything myself. We don't need to make dua. Of course you need to make dua because you're nothing without Allah. He brought you into existence and if He would stop taking care of you, then you would be nothing. Samawati wal-ard. It encompasses the heavens and the earth. Ibn Abbas said, if the seven heavens and the seven earths were flattened and laid side by side, they would add up to the size of a ring in a desert compared to the kursi. وَسِعَ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَا And Allah, it's not difficult for him to take care of the heavens and the earth. Because it's so small. It's so tiny. It's so small for him. He doesn't get tired looking after them. If you have to take care of just one small bookshelf, one small tiny bookshelf, are you capable of doing that? Yes. But if you were to take care of a huge library, would you be able to do that all by yourself? No. The smaller something is compared to you, the easier it is for you to manage it. And the greater something is the more difficult it is for you to manage. Now everything is so small, just like a ring. Just like a tiny ring. <laughs> Allah does not get tired looking after the heavens and the earth. And even if they were bigger, still He would not get tired. Why? Because <laughs> Because He is Al-Hayy and He is Al-Qayyum. The word Ya'udu is from the root letters Hamza wa and oud is to bend, to weigh down. And ada yaudu is when something becomes heavy that you cannot carry it anymore, so you bend. You're heavily burdened by it. So وَلَا يَعُودُهُ He does not get tired. He does not get burdened. By what? By حِفْظُهُمَا حِفْظُ حَافَظُ To guard, to protect, to look after. Their preservation of the heavens and the earth, it does not tire him. وَهُوَ لَعَلَيْهُ Al-Azim. And he is the only one, the only being, who is Al-Ali and who is Al-Azim. ali from the root letters, ain Lam, Wa, wow. Ulu. Ulu is greatness, height. Ala. What does it mean? Greatness, height. And Al-Ali is the one who has Ulu. Meaning the one who is high and above everything and everyone he is ali meaning he has irtifār فوق كل شيء and this is in two ways in his that and also in his sifat in his being and secondly in his attributes in his being he is above everything the prophet sallallahu alaihi said our lord is allah who is in the heaven meaning he's above he's above us above everything in place in his being some people say Allah is everywhere and Allah is everything. This is wrong. This is not correct. It is not right for us to say Allah is everywhere and everything. If you say everywhere, then it means on the desk, below the desk, up on the roof and in the building. na'udhu billah This is wrong. Allah is not everywhere. His knowledge includes everything. But Allah is Al-Ali. He is high above His throne. Other people go to the other extreme and they say, Oh, Allah is nowhere. Not here, not there, nowhere. Allah Himself tells us that He is Al Ali, that He is Istawa Al Al Arsh, and secondly, in His صفات in His attributes, He is above everything and everyone. That in His attributes, He does not resemble anything, anyone. In His position, in His status, He is the highest, Al Ali. No one is above Him, no one is greater than Him, and He is Al Alim, the most grand. The most great, the most supreme. Al-Azim describes the immense power, the importance, the nobility of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From Ayn Zlamim, Dhul He is the one who possesses Azamah, greatness, grandness in his that, in his sultan, in his power, in his sifat, in his attributes. So he alone is Al-Ali Al-Azim. How is he Ali? Because La ilaha illahu. Because Al-Hayy, because he is Al-Qayyum. Because لَا تَأْخُذُهُ سِنَةٌ وَلَا نَوْمٌ Because مَنْ ذَا الَّذِي عِنْدَهُ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهُ So all of what is mentioned in this ayah, it tells us that Allah is Al-Ali and only He is Al-Azim. Let's listen to the recitation of Ayatul Kursi and focus on every word, on every statement. اللَّهُ لَا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا هُوَ الْحَيُّ الْقَيُّومُ لَا تَأْخُذُهُ سِنَةٌ وَلَا نَوْمٌ لَّهُ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ مَن ذَا الَّذِي يَشْفَعُ عِندَهُ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء the كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤوده who وهو العلي العظيم thinking, we are so small, so insignificant. But yet, Allah loves us. Yet, He answers our prayers. He provides for us. He protects us. He saves us. He guides us. Like, what are we? You know, when something is very small, insignificant before you, you don't give any importance to it. But look at how loving and how merciful Allah is that despite the fact that we sin and we disobey and we're full of shortcomings, yet He hears us, yet He knows us. You are important before Him despite your smallness. When Allah is so great and He gives you importance, then what does it mean? That we have to give importance to Him as well. We have to pay attention to Him as well. We have to realize His greatness as well. And this is why we must say, especially in these days, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. La ilaha illahu. We must say this. Now in this verse, there are many things, many, many lessons that can be learned. And as I'm discussing the lessons with you, I want you to think, and I want you to reflect, and I want you to share what you are learning and what you are thinking as well. First of all, we see in this ayah that Allah's five names are mentioned in this verse. Which ones are they? Which ones are they? Allah, Al-Hay, Al-Qayyum, Al-Ali, and al azeem Five names of Allah are mentioned in this ayah. And these five names, we should know their meaning. And we should know their implication as well on our lives. Then this ayah teaches us that Allah alone is the greatest one. He is the one who is most grand and He is the one who is most perfect. He is the one who is most knowledgeable and He is the one who has most authority. And we people, where are we? We are in the mulk of Allah. We are the possession of Allah. And whenever we are going through any time of difficulty or time of ease, then what should we remember? that Allah is there. Allah is there. I'm not alone. I'm going through difficulty. I'm going through this tough time. But Allah allowed for this to happen. So we should turn to Him. We should surrender to Him because there is no benefit in avoiding Him, in running away from Him. Because where will we go if we avoid Him? Where can we go without Him? What can we be without Him? Nothing. Nothing. He knows you and everything about you, and you are his. He decides, so you can only turn to him. This is why the Prophet ﷺ, when his grandchild died, he advised his daughter that whatever Allah takes, belongs to him. And to him belongs what he gives. And everything with him has an appointed fixed term in this world. So whatever that happens, have this contentment, have this realization that I am the possession of Allah. And if Allah caused this to happen, then He has the ultimate authority. It is His decision. I am nothing. I'm just a servant. And He is Allah. Then the sayah also teaches us that upon accomplishing something, upon experiencing something good, we should never feel proud of ourselves. We should never forget Allah because ultimate sovereignty and ultimate... Authority is whose? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Pride, arrogance does not befit us. It does not suit us human beings at all. Then we also learn in this ayah about the fact that everything depends on Allah and needs His guarding, His protection, His care, including the heavens and the earth and everything within them. Allah says, وَلَا يَعُودُهُ حِفْظُهُمَا he says ya'lamu ma bayna aydihim wa ma khalfahum and that he is al-qayyum so everything no matter what it is it depends on who allah everything needs allah even the skies, even the earth. In Surah Fatir, ayah 41, Allah says, In in min min Indeed, Allah holds the heavens and the earth, lest they seize. And if they should seize, no one could hold them in place after Him. Meaning if Allah does not protect something, then nothing can protect it. If Allah does not preserve something, then nothing can preserve it. Even something as great as the skies and the earth. Then we, who do we need? Who do we need? Do we need to turn to Him? Do we need to ask Him? Do we need to thank Him? Do we need to beg Him? Yes. Because if He abandoned us, then we would have nothing at all. Then this ayah also teaches us that nothing at all is difficult for Allah. Nothing. If He can take care of, look after the skies, the earth, the sun, the moon, then what are my problems and what are your problems? Really, what are our problems? They're very small. So if Allah can take care of the skies and the earth, He can also take care of you. But you have to turn to Him and you have to submit to Him like the sky and the earth do, like the sun and the moon do. You have to obey Him too. So ask Him, depend on Him, not anyone else but Him. And this ayah also teaches us that since we are owned by Allah, and we are in the protection of Allah, Allah can also remove that protection from us. Allah can also abandon us. So there is a warning in these verses that what are you without Allah? You are nothing. Where could you go? What could you do? Who could protect you? Who could save you? Nothing. No one at all. So in other words, there is warning against disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Realize who He is and fear Him. And don't you dare, don't you dare disobey Him. And if you do, because you're human, then turn back to Him. Not run away from Him, turn back to Him. Because that is the only way to success. Without it, you're a failure. And when Allah is al-Ali, and He is al-Azim, a person should always remember that there is someone above me, greater than me, more powerful than me. So me, with my power, whatever limited power I have, it doesn't mean I can do whatever I want. I can oppress others, I can harm others, I can say whatever I want. No. No matter what position, no matter what authority you have, remember there is someone who is above you. Someone who is above you. Because sometimes, because of the limited power that we have, we begin oppressing others. We begin to harm others. We become unfair to them because of whatever power we have. Whether it is this, the power to speak through our words, or it is the social status that we have, regardless of what we have. Remember, there is someone who is still greater than you. So, in the end, what we see is that this ayah teaches us that Allah is one, He alone deserves worship, He is the ultimate authority, and we are His servants. Depend on Him, and we are nothing without Him. And He is above us. Let's listen to the recitation again. <laughs> ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه الا بما شاء وسع كرسيّه السماوات والارض ولا يؤوده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم so what have you learned? what are you thinking what are your thoughts We see that as human beings, we consider ourselves to be the best of creation, right? Best of creation. Even people who are not religious, they consider themselves to be the best because we people are the best. We have technology, we have science, we have this, we have that, and the rest of the creation does not. But this ayah teaches us that we are very, very small. We are nothing. It's a big reality check. It's a big reality check. It tells us about who we are, what our true status and position is. That ayatul kursi, the greatest ayah, about the greatest being. He is the greatest, and what are you? Very small. Nothing before Him. And when you think about the fact that, despite the fact that we are nothing, still Allah sent the Qur'an to us. Still Allah talks to us. Allah answers our prayers. Allah gives us the ability to do something good, then His ihsan upon us is even greater. His mercy upon us is even greater. So we have no other choice but to surrender to Him and but to believe in Him and but to obey Him. It doesn't befit us that we go on disobeying Him. That we say, no, I'd rather read this right now instead of praying or instead of reciting Qur'an. I'd rather sleep instead of praying. That I'd rather not fast instead of fasting. No. When you realize the greatness of Allah, only then can you do good. Okay, let's listen to the recitation again. Allah <laughs> لا al وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يعوده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم